Hey guys, Pastor Jürgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. Today, it is something that has been um, on my heart to really preach upon in the area of relationships. And I am believing today, I am standing with you today that certain dysfunctional cycles are going to be broken. So you came to the right service because I am telling you, I don't know if it's, is it just me? But do you also feel that relationship cycles, that dysfunctional, it could be a trigger that keeps coming up and oh my gosh, here we are again relationally. And also I can, I don't have to talk about just spouses, husband and wife. There can be things that people who are family that are dear to our are to, dear to our heart, um, something comes up, it's the trigger. Oh my gosh, you triggered me, you know? And then it puts us back into this cycle of feeling defeat. So is that just me or am I speaking to some other people in the room? Um, and I'm, I wanna bring this topic up because I feel like as a church, we can easily believe for miracles to happen in our life. Um, healing miracles. If there's a diagnosis, we, I feel like it's almost easier to believe God to heal that area in our life as opposed to a dysfunctional cycle that keeps reoccurring over and over and over again. For some reason, we can stand behind and, 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 and rise up in faith that we are going to get healed. But oh my gosh, here's this cycle again. Here's this trigger again that came up yet again, reminding me about hopelessness, reminding me that hope deferred makes the heart sick. And then here I am standing around, going around the same mountain over and over and over and over again. I've prayed, I've tried, but God, can you actually heal this cycle in my life, because it's not just me that's in this cycle, it's this other person too, you know? It kinda takes two to tango in a dysfunctional relationship cycle. So there's times where we can believe for a healing in our own body, because it's like, okay, God, I'll put all the trust in you, I believe you can heal me, because there isn't really anyone else involved, but okay, you can heal my relationship with this person, this, that, that has, you can involve this oppression that I feel with this relationship. And I am here to stand in faith with you to say, yes, he can. And yes, that is the plan. Yes, the redemption story of God is the story for that broken cycle that you keep enduring and, and it keeps popping up. So, yeah, you might feel a little sad at the beginning. It's okay, I want you to get a little sad at the beginning. I want you to feel the cycle. Some of you might not be in a cycle right now and you're praising God because Valentine's Day is coming up and woohoo, finally Valentine's Day, I am set free, you know? But some of us, 
Some, other, uh, some others might feel like, oh, it's Valentine's Day, all the flowers, all of the joy, all the great dreams, and all the dates. And here I am, back in this fight of this dysfunctional relationship. And so we are going to break that off. Amen. Okay, so the title of my message is Entering Egypt. Entering Egypt, breaking cycles and getting rewards. So um, for, for those who already know the Bible, we talk about Egypt a lot, and we talk about exiting Egypt. <laughs> we all know the story of how God's people, the Israelites, exited Egypt and how, uh, you know, God had to work with them with their victim mindsets and, but they were exiting Egypt and uh, God was placing them in the promised land. So I'm taking a little spin on this and, uh, and I'm talking about entering Egypt rather than exiting it. So entering Egypt, what does Egypt represent? When you look up Egypt in the Bible, it represents th three different things. It represents slavery, that's where God's people went in and they became enslaved by the Egyptians. It represents bondage and it represents oppression. Those three things. Interesting enough, when you have those three things, it requires usually other people putting you in slavery, putting you in bondage, putting you in oppression. And so I'm trying to tie this in with dysfunctional relationship cycles that keep coming up, where something is triggering a relationship, and then boom, you feel stuck in this cycle, you feel slave to this, enslaved to this cycle, you feel oppressed by the cycle, and you feel in bondage by the cycle. So entering Egypt, entering Egypt, entering oppression, bondage, and slavery. And um, here's kind of a unique thing that I stumbled upon. There's four people and, uh, that came to my attention who were forced to enter into Egypt, four of them. Those four people, the first was actually Abraham. That was the first person in the, in the Bible where he was forced into Egypt because there was a famine going on. And so it says in the Bible that he was forced into Egypt. <clears throat> and uh, so that's one person. And uh, so I told you what Egypt represents. He was forced into it, but he came out with great possessions and was able to plunder Egypt, which is great. Another person, uh, uh, Joshua. Joshua, yes. Not Jacob, it's Joshua, <clears throat> the, the son of Jacob. So Joshua was driven, forced into Egypt, not like he wanted to go there, but he was forced in there. Why? Because his brothers wanted to kill him. So just like famine is kind of like I'm surrounded by death, so I'm going to go, I have to flee to Egypt. Not another great place, but thrown into Egypt. And then there's Joseph thrown into Egypt because his brothers wanted to kill him. There was this death thing sentence going on around his life. And uh, he was blessed enough just to, uh, to live that, but he became a slave 
for the Egyptians. So his brothers ended up just selling him. I'll just sell you, make money. And I'm just going to tell your dad, you're dead. (laughs) And so that is Joseph. He's entering Egypt forcefully. The third person that I, that entered Egypt was Moses. So Moses was an, an Israelite, but during his time, um, when he was first born, there was a death sentence for all for the babies at that time for the male babies, and uh, because the Israelites were multiplying and growing, and it was you know King, the Pharaoh of the Egyptians, he was like, "This is getting too much. You guys are a little too blessed, so I need to kill off." all of the male babies. So Moses, baby Moses, was in that category of having this death sentence to him, but he got actually raised in the palace of Egypt and uh, had refuge there. The fourth person that I noticed went into Egypt um, was actually Jesus. And uh, it's not talked about a lot, but again, it was when he was a baby. So when Jesus was a baby, there was a death sentence going on to kill off all of the male children, again, ages two and under. And so his uh, amazing stepdad, I would say Joseph, was, uh, was another dreamer, just like the Old Testament Joseph, but he had a dream from God that he needs to take Jesus, take his family, including Jesus, into Egypt to have some refuge, but the plan isn't to stay in Egypt, it's to get out. So there's the, it's interesting, these four people that had to go into Egypt, but then they came out with such great possession and great plunder. So entering Egypt, all these people didn't choose to go there, they were forced to go in there. When cycles come up in our life, we don't choose to get triggered. We don't choose to walk in another defeat in our cycle, another hopelessness in our cycle. We don't choose to go to that route. We don't, we hate that route, you know? And yet there are times where we are forced to enter Egypt. And a lot of us get stuck there in Egypt as victims and as slaves and continuing to hold on to hopelessness, cannot get out ever. But this is why we are here to help today to get us out of Egypt because God's plan isn't for you to stay in Egypt, but he is, he is a God of redemption, of resurrection when there's death. And when you have those, those cycles that keep coming up, it will almost feel like the death to you. It will feel like a death sentence. Just like everyone who entered into Egypt, there was a death sentence going around their life. Well, sometimes because relationships were meant to be in relationships, that's the greatest joy. It's the, the greatest vulnerability happens in relationships. When you are seen, known, loved, wanted, that is the plan to have healthy relationships surrounding you. But when you have the broken, dysfunctional relationships and a trigger comes up, you're going around the cycle again, you're going around the mountain again, and you get triggered, well, it, it, that's now Satan's 
camp, his throne of Egypt, telling you that there's no way out, you're a slave to this, you're in bondage, and you are oppressed. So we are going to help us all get out of Egypt the right way. I, I believe wholeheartedly that as we give our trust to him, there's certain things that we could do to actually get out and actually have hope again in areas that you feel completely hopeless. Okay, we're good. I'm gonna talk, I'm gonna throw our relationship under the bus so everyone feels good. So we have very, we have dysfunctional cycles, okay? Like we are not perfect and these cycles continue to pop up. So we are not perfect, just big shocker, wow. And, uh, and it all started back when we first got married. That is when, you know, Satan loves to destroy relationships. He loves to destroy marriages. And then right after we come home from the honeymoon trip, boom, that's where we're slapped in the face. And then that's where division starts to happen. Oh my goodness, what, did I, what just happened? What did I just say yes to? And, you know, two becoming one should be pretty, but it's not always pretty. And so we come home, and then all of a sudden, like, I am getting ready for work. And we came home from a great honeymoon in Cancun. And, uh, you know, so now the real world, real world hits, and I've shared this story before, but we were in a really tiny farmhouse that my grandpa made. And it's super cold in there. You have to use like logs for warmth. And, and so I'm in this tiny bathroom getting ready for work. And for me, I'm probably at that time, I was definitely more type A than I am now. And it was all in seed form. And so here's my amazing husband coming in in the morning as I'm getting ready for work. And he decides to sit on the counter with his feet crossed, swinging his feet and playing the guitar. Like how dare he? In the morning, being happy as I am getting ready, stressed out for work. Like that is not fair. You should be feeling the same anxiety that I have. You know, if I am anxious, you should be anxious with me. And you should be running around like a chicken head cut off type of thing, you know? Like, what do you need? You need this, this, this? That's what I expect. No. He was enjoying himself that morning and singing praises to Jesus. Like, what the heck? The nerve. And so that's where it all started. And I was getting anxious. I was getting mad. I hit my elbow. Had not a nice word to say after that. And then I stormed off to go to Barnes & Noble my first real job, you know? Anyway, so that is where it all in seed form started. Enter the wife, the controlling one, the one with anxiety, the one who is super hypercritical because with my anxiety, it feeds my, you know, performance that I, I do everything perfectly. I put so much pressure on myself, you know? So I am that type of person. I've gotten better, but... Just, it continues to cycle up. And it's also, you can say I'm very fearful as well. Yes, that's true. So I have all these issues that I am bringing in. Whereas my husband, on the other hand, even though I painted a great picture that he praises Jesus with his guitar, swinging his bare feet, you know, how dare he on the counter. And, uh, but he came in 
not wanting, like not growing up with a family of parents that ever had conflict with each other. I'm Italian and I found out recently I have 2% Jewish in me, which is like, I feel very blessed and highly favored. Have you ever had 2% milk? That's real milk. For me, I am real Jew. So that's awesome. That's my argument. I take it fully on. I'm so proud of it. So I'm 2% Jewish, very proud, and very Italian. And so I am a passionate person. And so for Matt, I don't know, he comes from like the whole Irish type of English thing, a, a mutt. But he likes the peacekeeping side. He doesn't really like conflict. And then when conflict rises up, like when I get my, you know, Italian side to come out and I like to share opinions and all these great things that people should really love about me, um, he, it forces him to be like, whoa, red light, mayday, is she going to kill me? no, I'm not going to kill you. I'm just a passionate person, you know? And so then it will force him to then hide. And then the hiding becomes, okay, I'm going to start lying to create some peace over here. And uh, he, he lets me say this, but that type of hi hiding and lying um, with his personality develops into, uh, what do you call it yourself? Self-medicating and turning to certain things. And then you know how the relationship works. What, you're doing this? Well, I do everything perfectly. Don't you know? Don't you see? I'm the anxious one making sure everything's good. So these things do not work well at all in, in relationship cycles. For some reason, God puts the opposites together for a reason. And iron sharpens iron, all right? So that's all I can say. And it's good that we are both passionate people and we have gotten better. Anyway... <laughs> The cycles continue to be there, and they continue to rise up. That is our Egypt. <laughs> when us too, something triggers, and it feeds back and forth, you just feel like the hopeless cycle. Okay. But I am believing again that there is redemption for all of us in the room over relationships. <sighs> Now that I shared that story, do we have that clip just to lighten the moment? It's a little Instagram reel that I found. Thank you, which is me. I'm, I'm the Asian woman, so go ahead, turn your eyes to the screen. I don't know if we have sound, but the sound is funny too. As I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I take a look at my life and realize there's nothing left. Cause I've been when the trigger happens, so when the cycle happens, yes, oh man, isn't that us all? When the cycle comes back up, there we are. We're trying and we are just falling off the radar. Oh my goodness. Okay, so I wanted to set the framework first really well to put us in the perspective of that cycle and giving you hope to break that off. So the first point that I have is trust the shepherd. He is saving you, not hurting you. Okay, trust the shepherd. I am breaking hopelessness in this room this morning. So can I speak to you? You could be feeling hopeless right now. You could be feeling defeated. You could be feeling oppressed. And you can feel like a slave when those relationship cycles pop up. But let me tell you, here is the first answer to go to. 
trust the good shepherd. Trust the good shepherd. Can I please speak Psalm 23 over us all? So let this be a ministering time right now for you guys to actually, for us all, to receive Psalm 23. Okay, the Lord is my shepherd. We could just right there, we will pause. When you are in that Egypt, when you are in feeling it's like the death of you, when you want to throw out the divorce term and break yourself apart from two becoming one, feeling like the death of you, go to Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. First step that you should take. First step. The Lord is my shepherd. What's the next thing? I shall not want. And I'm telling you, when you get in those cycles, when you get into your Egypt, you want everything. God, get me out. I want out of this. Can you believe this person? We play the victim game. We play the play game. God, I want this and I want, I need all these things. Well, guess what? If the Lord is your shepherd, you shall not want. You lack no thing. Other versions say that you lack nothing. Even in the darkest times, even being forced into Egypt, guess what? The Lord is your shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters in the midst of Egypt. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Yea, though I, have, I am forced into Egypt and I'm walking through this valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. That's talking to people like me who are fearsome and who have anxiety and who see, think that there is absolutely no way out and has zero faith because the opposite of faith is fear. So even though I walk through the valley, even though I'm faced with this cycle yet again, I will fear no evil for you, my good shepherd, are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Egypt had enemies surrounding me everywhere. It's the army of enemies and even though I am surrounded by enemies on all sides that make me feel, make me feel, I, not am, I'm, I, not, I am not enslaved, but they make me feel like a slave. Even though the army makes me feel oppressed and in bondage, you prepare a table before me in the presence of those enemies. You anoint my head with oil. There is still a call on your life, despite the fact that this cycle has come up yet again. You're calling the purpose and the assignment that God has on you, who you are, who God created you to be, is not dead when those cycles come back up, even though you feel a little dead inside. Shall not want you, uh, where am I at? You set a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. In your Egypt, surely. That word surely is, it must, it has to. When you have the good shepherd over you and you turn to him, 
Surely in the darkest Egypt, goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. All the days. There is actually hope. The devil wants to give you hopelessness. But I am telling you, there is hope. The hope is a person when we anchor our hope and our trust in Jesus. Goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our life. He is a good shepherd. He will get get you out of this Egypt. He gives us the Ten Commandments even to follow. Okay, I I won't do this. I'm going to try to obey this step and this. He gives me clear direction, clear footing of where where to put my feet, where to walk. And that could be turning on worship in the, in the morning. I'm just trying to help people out practically because I hate cycles reoccurring that are stealing joy from our life. I hate it. And it is time for cycles to be broken off. So sometimes we need to turn on the worship music and we need to hear our shepherd. When, you, when the Lord is your shepherd, you need to be able to hear him. So how do you hear the good shepherd over your life? For some of us, it is in worship. Turning on worship every day and things that have been hurting your heart or that you've been praying for, you have an answer, boom, within this song. That's a worship song. Some of us, we go on runs. We, you could be working out and you put headphones in and you run and then you start to hear God's voice over your life. You get you gotta place yourself to actually hear the good shepherd. Some of us need morning and nighttime, quiet times, reading the Bible, going into your closet just to shut the door and to pray to him. What is your place? Where do you place yourself to hear from your good shepherd? Because he has things to tell you and he can direct each step along the way. So that's point number one. Trust the shepherd. He is saving you in Egypt, not hurting you in Egypt. Point number two, if you have to go into Egypt, you're there to plunder Egypt. Amen. So here we go, devil. The story is now turning around. If I go into Egypt, the Satan's story over your life wants to tell you, now I'm a slave. Now I'm oppressed. Now I'm a victim and I can never get out. Well, guess what? The story has turned today, devil, that over all of our lives with these cycles, if I'm gonna go into Egypt, then I am there to plunder Egypt. I am there to plunder Egypt. And I'm gonna tell you what this means. (laughs) You are there to plunder Egypt. Every time people were sent there, yeah, they had to live there for a bit, but also God came in and he, he drove them out. So even though you feel forced in, God's plan is to drive you out. Let me give you some hope. Sometimes we might feel like, okay, I need to stop being a victim. I need to stop doing this. And yes, we, we do our very best to obey. We do our very best. If you are in addiction and you are turning to certain things, you know, you, we do our very best to not go to those things, but the things which we do still could have a hold on us, and so we feel hopeless still. 
So we feel like, okay, God, my only answer is to try to obey you. Yes, we obey. But then there's also the release to God to say, okay, God, you are my shepherd. Here I am. I give you all of me. When fear comes up, anxiety creeps up, the critical me comes up. Okay, God, I know I need to not do that. I know I need to talk a different way and I need to bring hope in this situation. But God, there's things that I have tendencies to do and I need help. And God, I turn to you as my good shepherd. And his plan for us all is to drive us out of Egypt. His plan is to drive us out. And here's what happened with Moses, is that when Moses was in Egypt, he, he, his assignment was to save God's nation and, and bring them out. And so there was a fight going on I want us to see ourselves take on the, the Moses inside of us, not the Israelites. The Israelites were the complainers, okay? Let that be people who aren't coming to church, all right? They could just, the, let that be the people who watch church online. They can just, <laughs> oh, I stabbed us all. Anyway, anyway, come back, come back. So, uh, so let that be, anyway, we are the Moses, all right? We are the strong ones. And so... Moses continued to tell Pharaoh, let God's people go. Let my people go. And there was a fight. So when you find yourself in this cycle, there could be a fight between you and the devil Pharaoh trying to go in. And Pharaoh does not want you to leave Egypt easily. There's going to be a fight. You might have to keep talking to this cycle to say, let me go cycle. Let me go cycle. Let me go cycle. Let me go cycle. I don't care how many times you have to keep saying, let me go. As long as you have the trust in, in God, the trust that you have your good shepherd with you and knowing that God is going to drive you out of this place and there is plunder attached. So finally, finally, Pharaoh and all of the Egyptians were literally like, you guys actually have to leave Egypt. I'm so sick of you being here. I've had frogs in my kitchen. I've, you know, like there's these very large insects and there's all these things. It was all the plagues that came down and they were so sick of God's people staying there that they had to release them. So much so that when the day came for, for them to be driven out of Egypt, driven out of the cycle by God's plan and mercy, they gave them all of their wealth. They gave them the silver. They gave them the gold, gave them the livestock. Interesting because the first person in the Bible who came into Egypt was Abraham. Abraham, who also received livestock, silver, and gold. And so all of the Israelites, all of God's people, they had no time to get ready to leave. It was just time to go. And sometimes that will happen. It, it's just the cycle, boom, is broken. And you will see God's miracles, signs, and wonders follow you when the cycle is broken, when God delivers you and drives you out of that place, you will receive the plunder from the enemy. So you will leave that place. Let me give you hope again. If you are in this place, continue to fight, continue to trust in God. Because I'm telling you, when you are driven out by God's plan and his timing, it will happen. You will receive the plunder from the enemy, you will receive rewards, blessing, protection, and possessions. All of the things will come into your hands. 
So it is an awesome and big deal. And not only that, you will see supernatural signs and wonders follow you. The Red Sea was split. Here's another really cool thing. Usually when people were sent into Egypt, it was, they remember, they were surrounded by the death sentence. So that's what got them in. Just like how cycles could feel like this is the death of me, here I go again. But guess what? As God's people were driven out of Egypt, guess what happened? A death sentence to their enemy. A death sentence to their enemy. It was Passover. I'm just giving you a different perspective. It was Passover, and God's people were protected during that death sentence, just like how he protected all of those men who came in into Egypt. He protected us all. He protected them, but there was a death sentence, and God's people were protected, but oh my goodness, all of the firstborn males were actually sentenced to death. What's a new perspective that I saw in that? In the matter of cycles keep re, that keep reoccurring, he is killing the future of this cycle that keeps reoccurring. Your children and your children's children will not have to face the cycle, will not have to face Egypt that you have been fighting Pharaoh against. You will not have to deal with the future, the faithfulness of God. Now they enter into the Red Sea. Not only was death put to the future of this cycle, but death was put to the current enemies' armies that have entrapped you. So they went through the waters. They went through the Red Sea. And then all of the enemies that were taunting them, that were trying to enslave them and oppress them, drowned in the water and got killed off. The enemy that keeps taunting you will be killed off. Miracles, signs, and wonders followed them. Their clothes never went bad for 40 years. It's a miracle. They had provision. The sandals on their feet were never worn out. They had food, they had manna supernaturally provided for them. So I'm telling you, the outcome of you fighting staying true in that circle, in that cycle, to look to God, to trust in him, and to continue to say, let this cycle go. Pharaoh, let this, you need to let this cycle go. And as you continue to fight and continue to trust in God and continue to be protected in all of that, you are going to have supernatural miracle signs and wonders follow you. I am telling you, continue to have hope. Continue to have hope. Okay, the last point, because that's the cycle broken and killed off once. What if it comes back again? <laughs> if you go again, it's for a bigger win. That's point number three. If you go again, it's for a bigger win. Don't let the devil insert his storyline into the cycle that came up again. You thought that you defeated it, and guess what you did? It's coming up again. It's for a bigger win. Do not let the enemy tell you that you are hopeless. 
Do not let the enemy tell you that you are enslaved, that you are in bondage, and that you are, uh, you're trapped. Don't let the devil tell you that. He will tell you that. Don't let it get into your ears. Let your good shepherd get into your ears. Let the good shepherd get into your ears. If you go again, it's for a bigger win. First was Abraham. Abraham coming in, entering Egypt. And then here you see Pharaoh. But it was the divineness of God that you saw in that first story when one of God's people entered Egypt that Pharaoh said, okay, I gotta drive you out. But he, Abraham got driven out with the silver, the gold, and the livestock, all of the plunder of the enemy. So that was when, that was when Abraham went in. And just, I want you to see this. His immediate family was saved. The first time entering in this cycle, he defeated it. He trusted in God. God's miraculous hand was upon him. He got driven out with miracles, signs, and wonders, possessions, and he saved his immediate family. Second person that I see enter the scene of Egypt was Joseph. And even though he was a slave coming into Egypt, he came out as the number two person in charge. And in a time of famine where his family needed provision, he was able to save not only his immediate family, but the tribe, God's tribe, his dad, all of his brothers, those were the tribes of Israel. So going back into Egypt again, wasn't just for a family, but now it was for a tribe. It's a bigger win. Moses, I have to go back into Egypt again. I thought this cycle was broken. I, I thought I was the cycle breaker. I see my dad do this. God, you said I'm, this generational curse is gonna be broken. Okay, go back into Egypt. But for, it's for a bigger win for you this time. Moses, immediate family saved, tribe saved. This is for saving a nation. It's for a bigger win. The last person that I mentioned about Jesus going into Egypt, being sent there so that his life could be saved when he was a baby, when there was a death sentence on the male babies, two years and under. Okay, I thought this enemy was defeated. It's for a bigger win. This time you won, your immediate family is one. Second time, the tribe. Who's your tribe? They're winning now because you defeated the family. So you're able to help now a tribe of people to get out of this cycle. A nation was then the next win by going back into Egypt. And then the fourth one with Jesus, saving the world, saving the world saving the world, saving 
the world. It's for a bigger win. Do not let yourself get defeated when you come back into this cycle. Today, we are cycle breakers. We are not going to let hopelessness come into the story of our life because I'm telling you, I don't care how many times you feel like you have defeated the mountain. Guess what? You did defeat it. You're just going back for a bigger win for a bigger win. So let's all stand up. I'm gonna have the worship team come forward. <sighs> come on, let's get pumped. Today is Super Bowl Sunday and we are fighting for a team to win a championship. I'm telling you, to win, a, to be the champion of this cycle that has tried to continue to defeat you, you are gonna have victory today. Today is a victorious day. We are getting our heart set right. We're getting our ears set right to hear the voice of our good shepherd. So in this moment, let's just raise our hands to God. Lift your hands out. And I am happy. You're gonna be feeling some things you don't necessarily want to feel. I know for some of the men in the room, you don't like to feel this. You don't like to have you know, me bring this up and talk about it. But I'm telling you, there is hope. There is hope. God, I thank you, Lord, that today is a divine prophetic message from you that in our relationship series, the true darkness, the true times where we feel the most pain because of people in our lives, God, that we're not going to buy in into the story that everything's hopeless, everything's lost, that we're just trapped in this. But God, we lift up a shout of faith in this room. We lift up a shout of hope in this room, God. And God, we deliver to you, we turn to you and we deliver in your hands our cycle. God, that you are a good, Father, the nature of you is always when your kingdom is, is, is enter, entering in a place, when you have dominion over a situation, it is always life. It is always resurrection. It's always healing. God, that is your plan. And you are excited so much to the fact that you are gonna drive us out of this cycle. You are driving us out. And with that, God, with your goodness, we are going to take the plunder from the enemy. We are gonna take back all things that were stolen from us. God, that we're going to get out of this cycle with miracles, signs, and wonders that follow us. God, that we can dream again today. We can hope again today. God, that we can be in these relationships with great joy, great vulnerability, being seen, known, loved, and wanted. God, that that is your plan for us, and we give you all these things. Let's everyone give God a shout of praise if you have hope in, in you. Once again, we praise you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We honor you. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. 
We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.